You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. What's going on, people? Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Big Friday edition. So let's roll. One hour, of course, 60 minutes to run through it all as we take you up till 6 o'clock, at which time it is Golik and Wingo that come your way. Of course, the number you know, one 800 919 ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is uh, up for today, and we will get into that in just a minute. But of course, yesterday was Thursday, and we all knew this week Thursday was going to be the big day that the NFL released its schedule, which it did last night. So all 32 teams had their schedule released. The Giants' schedule is out, the Jets' schedule is out. Uh, we'll let you know in case you didn't see them. You know, if you're up at this hour, chances are you're very, very busy doing other things. So we'll give you this, the uh, schedules for both teams uh, in a second. But you know, I had to laugh because the release was, I think, at eight o'clock last night. So by nine o'clock, you know, you work this schedule. I, I usually start to wind down around nine o'clock. Usually fall asleep by ten, but you know, by nine o'clock, kids are in bed. You know, watching something, reading stuff. So I'm starting to get ready for bed, just trolling through, uh, rolling through Twitter, and uh, my iPad. I get a text on my iPad. One of the producers at the station here, Ty Butler, does a great job. Texts me. He's a big Jets fan, and he texts me to tell me the point that I made yesterday. That Jet fans will be upset at the schedule, not just upset. But somehow the Jets got screwed is is a point that I have just made up completely out of thin air. It doesn't exist. It's just something that I created in my own mind. So I reminded him that that is something that he, as a Jet fan, did this past year. He made that very point this past year. He said, he responded to me by, well, last year it was true. It was true last year. Well, look, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but it's going to happen this year as well. And sure enough, as, you know, Ty and I are going back and forth in our text, I see, you know, Jet fans pointing out just how brutal. Oh, it's a brutal schedule. Oh, my goodness, it's brutal. It's a brutal schedule. I saw a tweet from uh, Jason McIntyre, Fox Sports. He's a big Jet fan, uh, creator of the big lead. And he tweeted out, you know, Jets got totally screwed. The exact word that I have used, right? Either brutal or screwed. And he said they got screwed with back-to-back West Coast games in December at uh, Seattle and at the L.A. Rams. And the Jets have three trips to the West Coast. It's brutal travel. Oh, it's just a brutal travel schedule. Uh, Manish Mehta, who covers the, the Jets for uh, the Daily News. Brutal travel schedule. If you use the same words every single year, that I think that just becomes routine. But the fact that the Jets got screwed by having back-to-back West Coast games, you really can't use that term when you find out that the Jets knew that there was a good chance that they were going to have all these games, and they actually asked to have them back. They actually requested to have them back-to-back so that they can stay out on the West Coast. 
kind of hard to use the word screwed when you realize the situation. You say, well, if you could, if you wouldn't mind, put us back. It's not like the NFL pulls the schedule out of thin air. It's a formula. And every single year the formula changes, but it's still based on the same criteria every year. But before we get to the the individual teams and, and the poll question for today, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, I guess my main takeaway from last night is the optimism that the schedule presented last night is that, you know, you hope that it actually takes place as it was presented, right? That by September, we're in a state where the games are back and we can focus on the stuff we want to be focused on rather than the stuff we have to be focused on. So looking at the schedule and what the expectation was, it seemed like going in, one of the things you kind of had to keep in mind was like, would the league schedule itself some outs in case you had to cancel games, you had to cut down the schedule. You know, there's some talk that the schedule that they would have like these blocks of, of, of non-conference games and put them all together so that if the league did need to cancel games, they could do so fairly easily. You know, you lose four games, you go to a 12-game season, and you could do so fairly painlessly. They did not do that. Now, the fact that the league did not do that, I guess you have to kind of wonder, look, is that just blind optimism? Is that just them hoping for the best? Do they have maybe a better read on the situation that it feels like right now? Is this just them operating as they generally operate until there's reason for sure? You know, September's a long way away. Are they operating the way they would generally operate just so that, you know, if things have to change, they'll change them then, but they're not going to change them now? Who knows? I don't know. I like the fact that the schedule was presented the way it was and it looks the way it would generally look, I would think. It's not like they really took anything into account given the situation in the world, right? Like MetLife is hosting games in September. The Raiders Stadium in Vegas is hosting a game. I think it's week two. I think the Raiders open on the road, but by week two, they will be hosting games. Even in San Francisco, I know there was some state official, I don't know if it was a senator or mayor or whatever, said that he could not see any games being played anywhere until around Thanksgiving. But San Francisco is hosting games as they ordinarily would. So if the schedule does need to be changed, and Adam Schefter had reported this a while back, that it certainly seems like the league would plan to move the schedule accordingly and, and like tack the games on. Like if there is something happening in September still, right, and games can't be played, it certainly seems like they would rather tack those games on to the end of the schedule and kind of you know rejigger the schedule that way rather than cancel games. Now, I know there's been some thought. And this came up when, when the draft was taking place that the NFL needs to like tone down its approach. It needs to take these things into account. Uh, and I think that now that the draft is in the rear view mirror, I think that they took the right approach. Did they change things up? Absolutely. They had to. But until you have hard facts that you can't operate as normal, I think that maybe planning to operate as normal, at least from a fan point of view, is Kind of a relief, like the fact that you can point to, and look, we don't know what's going to happen in a week, a month. Who knows what's going to happen by September? But at least for one night, you know, the schedule release is not generally uh, something that I focus on. 
mainly because, A, you know who you're going to play. It's just about the order in which you, you play them. And as I brought up before, if you're, if you're a fan of a team and you're really worried about the schedule, your team almost certainly stinks. Like at the end of the day, you're going to have to play other NFL teams, some of which, some of which will be pretty good. And if you can find a bunch of teams on your schedule that are better than you, well, then the offshoot of that is that you are probably not good. So the schedule release is not generally something that I focus on, and not that I was hanging on every single word, but I did get caught up in it last night more than I ordinarily would because it's nice to envision a world getting back to normal. And the way the NFL schedule was presented, the way the games are lined up, it certainly seems like at least a nice idea that by September we can, again, be focused on what we want to be focused on rather than what we have to be focused on. So in terms of what the actual schedule is, I certainly want to hear from you. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get you the Giants schedule. We will touch on the Jets schedule as well. I'll give you my early impressions for wins and losses. Yeah, I know it's only May 8th, but of course you're going to look at the schedule and get an idea of, all right, what can we be looking at in terms of wins and losses? Is this finally the year that the Giants get back into the playoffs? Is this finally the year... The Jets get back into the playoffs. And the poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. The NFL schedule was released for all 32 teams last night. Did either the Jets or Giants get screwed? I, I didn't put screwed in the uh, in the poll question. I put get hurt, but that's the idea. Did they get screwed by the schedule makers? And I gave you four options today. Either A, absolutely the Jets got screwed by the schedule makers. B, the Giants absolutely got screwed by the schedule makers. C, absolutely both got screwed by the schedule makers. Or is it D, nah, not really. Nah, not really. Neither team really got screwed by the schedule makers. Their issues are with themselves, not the schedule makers. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. At Gordon Damer. Coming up, I'll give you my answer. We'll get into uh, some baseball stuff. Jeff Passan was on with uh, the Michael K. Show yesterday. And then we also have some sound from Randy Levine, the Yankee president. I guess he was on with Fox 5. And uh, he was a guy that in the past has not exactly presented the most rosy picture. But yesterday seemed to be a little bit more optimistic than uh, in the past. So we'll get into that, uh, that too. But, of course, we have our daily poll question. If you're voting on things, that should be your first look. Uh, vote on everything. But... The uh, first choice should be uh, voting on our poll question, which is up for today. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and it is about the NFL schedule. Did either the Jets or Giants get screwed by the schedule makers last night? You can vote on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. At least so far, people, I think it's something about, maybe it's a, it's, it's this audience. Maybe it's just the people that are, are working at this time. But most people are saying, no, neither got screwed by the schedule makers. And I think that that's the right approach. If I had a vote... That's what I would say as well. Neither team got screwed by the schedule makers. So what is the schedule? Well, you might be wondering, what is the schedule? All right, let's run down the Giants' schedule. Week one, they will open up at home against the Steelers. And I guess the quirk of the Giants' schedule this year is that they play two home Monday night games. Apparently, they've never done that before. That seems kind of surprising that they've never played maybe it's the fact they play two home monday night games and they don't play any um road monday night games 
I don't know. The fact that they're getting two Monday night games at least is a good sign that they um, maybe there's a little bit more optimism than in the past, right? Like they're playing a week eight Monday night game against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. You know, let's be honest, the last few years by week eight of the season, the Giants season for all intents and purposes was already over. So maybe some optimism that things are going to be better. Of course, over the last few years, things couldn't be much worse. But in week one, they will open up against the Steelers. Week two, they are at the Bears. So pretty good start, right? Like if you were looking at the schedule, you'd say, all right, that's not too impossible games to win. You like to get off to a fairly decent start. It gets a little harder after that. Week three, they're home for the Niners, but they're home for the Niners rather than traveling out to, to face off against the Niners. Week four, at the Rams and their new stadium. They get the Cowboys week five. That will be at Dallas. So at least it's not, it feels like the first time in a hundred years they're not opening the season against the Cowboys either in Dallas or at home. So that, uh, you don't get that until week five. Then things, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting here. Week six, they get the Redskins. Week seven at the Eagles, who they never seem to beat. Week eight against the Buccaneers, as I mentioned. And then week nine at the Redskins. So you'd probably say the two easiest games that they have this year are probably the Redskin games. They also play the Bengals, so maybe that's the easiest game. But two, you would think, difficult games in between the two Redskin matchups. Then Week 10, they face the Eagles at home. Week 11 is their bye, so a nice late bye, which you'd prefer, right? Like, you don't want to have the bye in Week 3 or 4. You want it a little further on in the season. So if you do have some injuries, at least you can get some guys maybe a little healthier. And then um, rest of the schedule, week 12 at the Bengals, week 13 at the Seahawks. So back-to-back road games there, but one of, the game, one of them is against the Bengals, which you would think is a pretty – if you're going to have a winnable game, that would probably be it. And then week 14 versus the Cardinals, 15 home for the Browns. That'll be Odell's return to uh, MetLife Sunday, December 20th. And then the last two weeks, this is tough. If you were going to have any hope of the playoffs – I would think you would probably uh, not want this to be the way you close the season, but at the Ravens, and then Sunday, January 3rd, uh, against the Cowboys at home. So my early impression for the Giants would be probably, what, six wins, right? Maybe it's hard to envision any more than that. Now, look, a lot of things can change every single year. I make this point about the schedule, trying to predict wins and losses when it comes out is, is next to impossible. And if you needed any proof that a lot can change in a couple of months, this would be the year that you don't even need to look at the schedule to know that a lot can change in a few months. But it's really kind of tough to uh, to envision a way that the Giants are going to be a 9- or 10-win team, but that's not based on the schedule. That's based on the Giants. Now, I do like the fact that the Eagle games are a little later. You get one Eagle game. When did I say it was? You get one Eagle game week seven, and then the second Eagle game is where? Is week 10. You would have to assume, given history, that at least one of those Eagle games will likely not feature Carson Wentz, right? Like, he's probably going to be hurt for one, if not both. So, I mean, that would be one of your toughest opponents, at least in the division, right? The Cowboys and the and the Eagles are expected to be fairly good teams. So, if you're looking for some silver linings, if you're the Giants, those would be it. But, again, I would say, yeah, probably about six wins, right? Maybe give or take, maybe one extra win, maybe one extra loss. Injuries always play a part. 
But if you had to have it in prayer, yeah. Giants are not good. I don't think that there's going to, this is not going to be a year, I don't think, where they take a huge step forward. If they can take a decent size, a decent step forward, that would be great. It would be great, but uh, I don't see it being a, I don't see them being a 10 win team based on, not the schedule, but based on their own talent. Then you have the Jets schedule. The Jets schedule, which uh, you will hear described as brutal in certain, it will be mostly, keep in mind, you will hear that from Jet fans. It's not generally, you know, just general observers. Because again, you, I said this yesterday, you show me where this schedule is so brutal. Week one, you face off against the Bills at Buffalo. Now you think, oh, road game, right to start the, I like to get, get the Buffalo game out of the way early. You don't want to be going up there in December when it's, the weather is brutal. Get it right. That's a, that's a benefit right off the bat. Week two, you get the 49ers, which the 49ers were in the Super Bowl last year, but you get them at least at home. And we've seen teams that lose the Super Bowl one year generally have a bit of a down year the next. It would not be all that surprising to see the 49ers continue that trend. Week three, you are at the Colts. Week four, you face off against the Broncos. Week five, the Cardinals at home. Week six, at the Chargers. Not exactly some great shakes there. Week seven, the Bills, who most people, I think, would if you had to pick a team that was going to win the AFC East, the Bills would probably be the odds-on favorite this year, considering the changes the Patriots have gone through and the fact that the Bills were a playoff team a year ago. Week eight. All right, no, no easy game there. Week eight, you get the Chiefs in Kansas City. That if you had to chalk up a loss, that would probably be the one. But then you get the Patriots in week nine, week ten at the Dolphins, week eleven your bye. So again, a nice bye week for you. Week eleven, uh, week twelve, you get the Dolphins again. So you get the Dolphins in back to back games, even though the bye week is uh, sandwiched in between there. Week thirteen, home for the Raiders, a team you beat last year. Week 14, all right, tough trip. You got to go out to Seattle. And then week 15, you face off against the Rams. Week 16, the Browns. And then you close things out against the Patriots in New England. You probably would rather have that game maybe a little bit earlier on in the season. But, you know, who knows what the Patriots are going to be by week 17. You know, they might be completely out of it. So if I had an initial take from the Jets, I know that the word that has been used has been brutal. Uh, I don't look at that. I mean, show me... Outside of the Chiefs and the Seahawks, where are the, I mean, the one thing that you would be able to say right now, hey, you got to go up against these amazing quarterbacks, right? You have this list of, even if the team, you don't really know what to expect, the quarterback run that you have to go through on these teams, wow, it's, it's tough to envision getting a whole lot of wins. Show me where they are. Show me where this brutal, what, Drew Locke and the Broncos? Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners? I just don't see it. That is not a brutal schedule. If you want a brutal schedule, there are four teams that have to play three straight road games without a bye week. Arizona, New Orleans, the Patriots, and Washington all have to play three straight road games without a bye. That's brutal. You know who has a brutal schedule? The Texans. Here's the Texans' schedule. First month of the season. Chiefs to open the season. Hey, good. Hello. Hi. Hey, how are you? Here's the Super Bowl champions. Week two, they get Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. 
Week three, they go on the road to play the Steelers, and then week four, they're home for the Vikings. That, that, I mean, I don't even know if that's brutal, but that's certainly pretty tough. For the Jet fans, you play in a, a bad division, might be the worst division in football. Again, you don't have a huge list, long list of great quarterbacks that you have to go up against outside of Russell Wilson and uh, Mahomes. Who are these great quarterbacks that you have to figure out a way to beat? There's not, there's not anybody there. Philip Rivers. Oh my God. How are we ever going to do that? You don't get an early bye week. That's good. There's no reason why you can't get off to a, a fairly decent start, like a, a, a winning start, barring a, a case of mono for the entire team. But the talking points that I keep seeing is that, oh, it's brutal. The, the, the schedule makers, I mean, that's really rough. It, it's not there. I know that that, I know as maybe as Jet fans, you want to draw up these scenarios in your own mind. The reason why the Jets won't be all that good is because, if they're not good, is because they're not that good. It has nothing to do with the schedule. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. The other talking point that I keep seeing, like this silver line that, that Jet fans are trying to draw up. Well, you know what? Look. This schedule, if they're not good, and look, if you had to go through and, and predict what the Jets' win-loss total would be, you'd say, I mean, in, in the best-case scenario, it's about probably six wins, maybe seven wins. I don't look at them as being a 10-win team, but that has nothing to do with the schedule. It has to do with the fact I don't think they're a very good team. But the thing I keep seeing from, from Jet fans is almost like putting it out there into the universe, hoping it comes true. Well, Adam Gase, if they don't go to the playoffs, boy, he's going to be on the hot seat. And the offshoot of that, is, well, best thing for Sam Darnold is that Adam Gase is going to be gone. Again, we don't know how the schedule is going to play out. We don't even know if the schedule is for sure going to play out as the schedule was presented. But unless the Jets are some three or four win team, I, I don't see how you can just – I know you want him to be out, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, putting it out into the universe, hoping that it comes true. But I don't think I don't see how you can think, unless they are a three-win team and one of the worst teams in football, that he's automatically going to be out. It's pretty clear. The feelings of the fan base do not match up with the feelings of ownership because if they did, if ownership was all that concerned – of what the feelings of the fan base were, Adam Gase would have never gotten the job to begin with. Plus, it certainly seems like most of the NFL schedule, the start of the NFL schedule, if not all of the NFL schedule, is going to be played without fans in the stands. So if you were hoping, all right, you know, there's going to be some some scene at games where the, the fans are just so anti-Adam Gase that the decision will be taken out of the hands of ownership or that it's somehow unavoidable. There's not going to be anybody there. So you, you can, you know, draw up any scenarios in your own mind that you want about all oh, this. If, if the Jets don't get off to the, I've heard people say if the Jets don't make the playoffs this year, Adam Gase should be fired. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're not a playoff team. They're in year two. Of a, and I don't think he's a good head coach, I think, but I kind of thought that when he got the job. Nothing really has changed all that much. So this idea that he had, oh, it's about time he makes the play. He's been here for two years. 
And I get that you might not think, and I don't think he's that great of a head coach. But this is not some this when he took the job. This was not some quick turnaround. And to think to put some mandate on him now because you don't like him is somehow going to 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 put more pressure on ownership to make a move that you want to be made anywhere. I think is just delusional thinking. Oh my god. I mean, this is supposed to be something that it makes people, if not inspired, maybe a little happy. That was the the Knicks second championship anniversary is the tenth. So it's on Sunday, so we're obviously we're not we don't have a show on Sunday. So I said, you know what, Brian, get a get a highlight from the Knicks second title, and that's the highlight. And nothing against Brian, that's the highlight. It sounds like it took place in 1905. Play that again. It sounds, oh, I, I mean, it, it, it sounds like it's a billion years old. It sounds like there's going to be a dinosaur that rides by. I mean, Jesus. That is that is depressing as anything the Knicks have done. But it did that sound highlight like sounds Albert. like it's a. I wait. For, I'm waiting for Babe Ruth to 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 do the color on the on the call. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is the most depressing thing ever. Here's how long it's been since the Knicks won a title. Buy this newspaper for a nickel, sir. Oh, my Lord. Al Capone is in the stands. I mean, geez, Louise, it sounds like it's a billion years ago. And I guess it, I guess Charlie it is. Charlie Chaplin's right? in the stands. Yep, there's Charlie Chaplin, uh, star of such fine films. Oh, my Lord, that sounds like it's a billion years old, and I guess because it is. But um, I should I should uh, give you the heads up that uh, that Barton Hahn will have Willis Reed on today, two o'clock. So if you are if you're old enough to have been alive when the Knicks won their second title, congratulations. And Willis will be on with uh, Barton Hahn today. And then the K show, they will have Marv Albert who obviously was on the call of that last highlight. I, I don't know if they're going to have Al Capone, who was in the stands, or Mae West, or anybody else. But, geez, Louise, that highlight sounds very, very old. All right, 1-800-919-ESP. I'm sorry. We're trying to come up with things that are inspiring. I, that sounded good in theory, the actual sound of it. Maybe not so much. No, don't play it again, Brian. Jesus, people, people are going to be driving off the road on the Cross Bronx, and not just because it's the Cross Bronx, but, um, oh my lord, that sound, I mean, that, 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 that's all you need to know. How long has it been? It sounds like this the last, I mean, I'm waiting to see, you ever see like the baseball highlights of Babe Ruth where he's, he's operating in like a really weird speed? It's not really like fast motion. And he's motion, running really fast. Yeah, it's not, it's not normal motion. It's not the way that cameras operate now. That is the audio equivalent of Babe Ruth rounding the bases. <laughs> Whew, that's Lou rough. Gehrig is in the stand. Yeah, Lou Gehrig is there waving to the camera. Big night at the Garden. Hey, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM. And let's hope it's not another 50 years before they win again. 
It's the Gordon Dammer Show, 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer. The NFL schedule released for all 32 teams last night. Did the Jets or Giants get uh, screwed by the schedule makers? I could have, pre- I should have predicted this at the time. I didn't, but I will tell you now, because the poll question still has, you know, hours and hours to go. There's no question in my mind that if, nah, not really, if, if the, the general Gordon Damer show audience who is level headed and smart and, and has good taste. If they don't overtake this poll, if I took out nah, not really, if you had to pick either the Jets or Giants, this would be a blowout. It will still be overwhelmingly Jets. I'm sure there are Giant fans out there who complain about the schedule, but it's mostly because they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're bitter and, and, you know, the team has stunk for a while and they know what good football is. So they're, you know, they're a little jaded by things, but they are not ones who will generally complain about the schedule. Jet fans absolutely will. Absolutely will. So if it's between Jets or Giants of, of someone who complains, it will be overwhelmingly Jets. And maybe I should have structured the poll question that way anyway, but I didn't. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Go to the phones. Anthony is in the car. Anthony, what's going on, my man? Hey, uh, Gordon. Uh, I just have a quick question about, uh, What's the NFL going to do if they can't play any preseason games? It's, it, I think it's to be determined, right? Like they are, they have made it pretty clear that while they will operate, you know, change their, the ways they operate to an extent, at least right now, until they are forced to make changes, they are not going to make changes. They had, there was talk before the schedules came out that maybe they would put things into the schedule. That so that they could cancel games very easily and, you know, maybe just shorten the schedule so that they could just have a season. Maybe it's only 12 games. Maybe it's only 10. They did not do that. So I think that they, I'm sure that they're having discussions behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. if they can't play preseason games, uh, I would think that they will, the, the bigger issue is not so much the preseason games. It's that those week one games will have to be postponed and scheduled later in the year. It seems pretty clear that they are set on playing 16 games. Gotcha. Yeah. But I mean, it's all, it's kind of all up for debate right now. And I'm sure that they're still having that conversation behind the scenes that if, you know, if they can't play preseason games, they will have to, the bigger issue will be week one and week two and week three and week four. And just how long can they go and how far can they push back games before getting started due to the pandemic? It really won't be about necessarily the preseason games. I think that they could cancel those pretty easily and not uh, nobody's going to be crying about any preseason games. The problem is, is that week four of the preseason takes place and then week one of the regular season. It's about protecting the regular season at all costs right now. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 800 919 Seven six. I did want to, before we get back to the phones, and certainly we'll continue to take your calls, I did want to play some of this sound uh, from yesterday, Jeff Passan on the Michael K. Show. And we, look, we need all the optimism we can get right now. I need all the optimism I can get right now. Certainly we're not going to get that optimism by playing cuts of the uh, last Knicks championship title. So uh, let's play some Jeff Passan instead, far more recent than the, the Knicks' last title. Uh, here is Jeff Passan on the K. Show yesterday. Odds that we will have Major League Baseball on July 1st. Probably about 25%. Everything, and I mean everything, has to go right. 
for there to be games on July 1st. You have to get cooperation between MLB and the union. You have to get owners on board. You have to get politicians on board. You have to get scientists on board. You have to get testing handled. You have a lot of things to do logistically. All right, so that was not nearly as optimistic as I was hoping. 25%, although... I don't know. That's not uh, that's not the worst thing. It's not 10 percent. Right. I would have liked it to be a little closer to 50 percent. But OK, 25 percent is what Jeff Passan thinks. Then Randy Levine, who was on Fox 5 yesterday, was asked, will we see baseball this summer? I think it is possible. Uh, Commissioner Manford is working very, very hard. He's doing a phenomenal job uh, trying to put uh, some possibilities together. Uh, there are no definitive plans yet uh, where uh, the commissioner with all of the clubs is and the union, the Players Association, uh, will come up with a definitive plan. Uh, we will share that plan with uh, all the appropriate uh, health officials, both uh, on the White House uh, task force and all of the appropriate governors who uh, would sign off. Uh, here in New York, Governor Cuomo has asked us for a plan. He's been terrific in, uh, in engaging with us. I believe, uh, you know, we, uh, as we get going, uh, we'll start with no fans in this, in, in, in the stadium and then, uh, progress and, uh, see where we are. So we're very, very hopeful we can get going. Uh, as you know, Roseanne, baseball has stepped up in, in troubled times to, to be a leader because, uh, we're used to it. it it's a distraction. It, it's comforting uh, to people. It comes a you know rhythm of their life. So we're doing everything we can to try and get this season going uh, and do it do it in a very very safe way, uh, using all the mitigation and all the tools. Because the most important thing, testing and everything, is to protect our fans, protect our players, and uh, and our employees. All right, so the second one I want to play is um, how long can you go without fans in the stands? Obviously, the, the gate revenue is, is kind of a an important issue, so Randy Levine was asked about it on Fox 5. I think that all depends on the, the state of the virus. Uh, you know, we just have to watch it on a, on a daily and weekly basis. Uh, we have to follow the federal guidelines, the state guidelines, and see where the virus is, hopefully and there are some, you know, public health people who have said that they believe the virus, you know, will wane in in the summer months. Let's hope so. So I think it's a uh, it, it's something you, you need to watch on a daily and weekly basis. All right. And uh, how important is gate revenue to meet, uh, the Yankees' bottom line? I think they're very, very important. I think that uh, you know they're a significant part of our revenue. I think that uh, obviously us, like every single professional sports team is going to suffer because of it. I think, uh, you know, sports is a trillion dollar industry. We, we employ millions and millions of people from people who work at the ballpark to people who work in your business, you know, on radio and TV to apparel to hospitality to all the hotels and restaurants and stores that are around us. So it hurts, uh, but it is what it is. And the most important thing right now for many reasons, mostly the psyche of America is to get the games back on the air. All right, so there's Randy Levine from Fox 5 yesterday, and maybe not uh, the rosiest picture, but maybe a, a little uh, better than uh, what it sounded like maybe a few weeks ago. But we shall see. The hope is that baseball will still be back, and I think the next step is we have to wait to see here in the next week or so 
as the reports are, that they're going to present some sort of offer to what the to to the players' association, and what the offshoot of that is, and uh, then you know kind of take these things day by day. Of course, the biggest part of it is not really in baseball's hands, not in the owners' hands, not in the players' hands. It's uh, the pandemic that kind of is controlling everything right now. But uh, hopefully, here in the next few weeks, things will look a whole lot better than they do right now. So, uh, all right, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Did I mention that? Uh, the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, all about the NFL schedule, which was released last night for all 32 teams, including the Jets, including the Giants. And the initial impression is it's amazing. At least in my lifetime, 40th year in a row, Jet fans feel like they've been screwed by the schedule makers once again. And uh, that's our poll question for today. Did the Jets or Giants, did either of them get screwed? So far, though, most people are saying, no, not really. So maybe that is the level. Although, between the Jets and the Giant fans, almost twice as many Jet fans feel like they got screwed as opposed to the Giants. Right now, 32% to 17%. Almost. Two to one. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on uh, Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I guess my initial impressions are that neither team is going to the playoffs this year. Neither team really got screwed by the schedule makers. It's the reason they're not going to the playoffs. It's not because of the schedule. It's because they're not very good teams. And it's hard to see a scenario where the Giants win more than six games, may, I get, you know, give or take, maybe seven games. Maybe they can get to seven wins. And the same thing kind of for the Jets. It's not that their schedule's all that difficult. It's not. They have two games where you'd say, okay, that that would be a a really, really surprising win to get. At the Chiefs in Week 8 for the Jets would be pretty surprising. And then, given that we don't know what the injury situation will be in December, we don't know what the situation is going to be next week, never mind in December, but the Week 14 at the Seahawks, okay. You'd say that those two games, pretty difficult. Other than that... It's not that brutal of a schedule. It's not that hard of a schedule. So maybe if you were going to have a little bit more optimism, maybe the Jets schedule, that might be warranted more so than the the Giants because the Giants play, I think, in a better division. I don't know what the AFC East is going to look like this year. I know that people expect the Bills are going to pick up right where they left off last year. But I am not a huge, huge believer in Josh Allen. He does some nice things, but it's generally making plays with his legs, and I Long-term, I'm concerned about that. The Patriots are as uncertain as they've really probably ever been outside of the the year where Brady went down in week one and they still were able to win uh, 11 games, didn't make the playoffs that year, but still had a, a very good season. So maybe they will have the same great season again, but at least in terms of certainty, uncertainty, it feels like they're a lot more uncertain this year than they have been in uh, years past. So I think it's at least open there for the Jets to have a, a decent season. I don't expect it because I don't think that they're a very, I don't think they're a very talented team. But what you want to see is a big step forward from the quarterback in year number three. Like we kind of thought that last year, and generally that's the case. There are exceptions to the rule. Eli Manning's an exception to the rule. Drew Brees is an exception to the rule. But generally, when you take a quarterback in the first round, you kind of know. By the time year two is over, for sure, all right, this is is no question about it. This guy is going to be a star, or this guy is a star by the end of year two. You certainly have to say that by the year, the end of year three. So that has to be the expectation. You would think, even after the fluky thing last year with the mono and missing time in year one, this is year three now. 
This is year two with the head coach. This is year three of the quarterback being here. Should be a little bit more established. Should be ready to go. As we mentioned, the schedule itself is not too brutal. The division seems a little bit more wide open than it has been in years past because of the Patriots' kind of expected decline. Maybe they won't decline as much as some people are expecting. But it's it's more wide open than it has been when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were together. I don't think there's any debate about that. Now, I don't expect the Jets to be competing for the division, but winning some games, you know, I don't expect them to be a three or four win team. I expect them to be about where they finished last year. That's where I expect them to finish this year. So the uh, the conversation about the uh, the schedule is certainly out there, but the other conversation, and we touched on, I touched on this yesterday, but I did not see the response. We had the story about Earl Thomas, right? Clearly, uh, Earl is not uh, big into social distancing in this uh, time where we should all be into it. But he, we had this story about Earl getting caught cheating on his wife. And his wife turned out to be a very scary situation, chased him down with a gun. Luckily, everything turned out OK. But I did not see what his reply was. This was his reply. On, I guess it was Instagram. Play the sound there, Brian. So my agent just hit me and said that I'm going to be on uh, TMZ tomorrow from an altercation that happened with me and uh, Nina. So uh, just want to get ahead, heads, just want to get ahead of it. And uh, I mean, it's really not anybody's business. Um, it's pissing me off that it got out, but it, it's the world we live in today. Uh, but instead of talking about us just keep us in your prayers and uh, stuff like this happens bro you know I, we try to live the best lives we possibly can but sometimes it don't go as planned uh just pray for us you know as we go through this stuff um you know we're back talking uh you know i'm, I'm seeing my kids so uh, just keep us in your prayers the use of stuff happens i think is is about as underplaying a situation as you possibly can have Stuff ha- I mean, Stuff like that is the biggest bro. underplay since yada, 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 the episode of Seinfeld where they, you, know, you left out the best part. Stuff ha- – I mean, I don't know. Look, hopefully – it's glad that the situation uh, turned out as it did – you know, it didn't get uh, more serious than it did. I did see that one uh, thing was that uh, the, the wife actually brought her sister along, and the sister only said that she went along so that nothing got out of hand. Well, I think it's pretty clear who who did the worst job in the entire – nothing got out of hand. You were falling down the switch there, sister. Uh, hey, by the way, DiPietro, Canty, and Rothenberg are getting you ready for UFC 249 this weekend with the 98.7 ESPN Sweat at Home Contest and the chance to score a 98.7 UFC prize pack. We're asking – our listeners to send an innovative in-home workout video that will be judged on creativity, clarity, length, and make sure to keep your submission to under 30 seconds. Tweet your video with the handle at DCR on ESPN. Use the hashtag 987-SWEAT-AT-HOME. It's all brought to you by DiPietro Canty and Rothenberg. Weekdays from 10 to 1, 98.7 ESPN. Getting you ready for UFC 249 on May 9th, which is tomorrow, on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. But that's going to do it for the show for today. Please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer. Don't disappoint me, Jet fans, with your uh, faux outrage. So you can do that. We will see you Monday at 5 a.m. 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.